On today's brand new Compete Everyday podcast, I'm talking with author, lawyer, and coach Clint Schumacher about resilience. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and I am excited that you are here for this brand new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast as we welcome in Clint Schumacher to talk about his book, Second Wind, and the importance of building resilience before you need it. Clint and I were connected by past show guest James Leith, who unleashed the athlete who many of y'all have heard here on the show as a guest a couple of times, as well as the host back for episode 200 as he interviewed me. Uh, and super grateful and shout out to James for making the time to do the introduction. Today's conversation with Clint is about how we build resilience, why we need it. If anything, over the last 14, 15 months, 16 months have taught us is the importance of building the muscles of resilience, of grit, of focus well before you need them. You're not able to just snap your fingers and magically pull out mental skills unless you've done the work to prepare and to build them little by little. And that starts with what we choose today, what challenges we choose to take on today, what uncomfortable situations do we put ourselves in today to expand our comfort zones. And so keep that in mind as well as chewing on the thought of what I can do today to be more resilient for tomorrow. You don't have to be resilient tomorrow. You don't have to worry about having it all together, but you do have to take one action step today so that you're more resilient tomorrow than when you started today. If you haven't caught the last batch of brand new releases we just dropped at CompeteEveryday.com last week, what are you waiting for? We just released a summer collection with some bright new colors in the classic. We've got a few new designs, including Fierce and Pursue Your Victory, all with some brighter colors for summer to help you stay motivated and keep pursuing the victory that's important to you. Keep showing up when you don't feel it. Keep doing the work when you're facing challenges and not seeing the results you want immediately. And most of all, to keep competing for that one and only special life. You can get yourself 15% off any order at CompeteEveryday.com with the code PODCAST. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T. We'll get you 15% off any order at CompeteEveryday.com. So head on over, grab one of the new summer gear items, pick up a copy of my book, maybe grab a flag for your office or your garage gym, but pick yourself up something, support the show, and save yourself 15% off with the code podcast at competeeveryday.com. If you are not in my morning competitor club, what are you waiting on? I want to start each and every morning talking to you, helping you start the day with focus, with fire, to get up and compete that day. And all you have to do to join is text the word COMPETE to 972-945-9113. That's text the word COMPETE to 972-945-9113. And every morning, I'm going to shoot you a text. We're going to start the day talking about how we better compete that day, how we show up focused, fueled, and ready to go. And all you got to know is there's no automation. There's no scheduled post. It is me sending you that text every morning. So if you want to respond because you have a question, you want to encourage me back, you want to start a conversation, you name it, just text back. We'll start that. We'll get our day going right and keep competing. So just text the word COMPETE to 972-945-9113. And now, let's welcome into this week's episode, Clint Schumacher. Clint, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Man, Jake, it's great to be with you. Thank you for uh, letting me join you. 
You bet. Okay, so first question kicking us off of the bat today. What does resilience mean to you? So resilience to me is just the ability to continue to perform at a high level, even in the midst of adversity, when things aren't going well, where there's obstacles in the path to, to continue to bring your best self to that situation and, and learn how to walk through it. I love it. I love it. What, I guess, what would be the cusp or there maybe the trajectory point for you that inspired you to want to write about resilience, which we'll get into in a little bit, but really focus in on how to be more resilient for people. Yeah, you bet. So that's kind of a multi-year journey. And oddly enough, Jake, it started on the sideline of a fifth grade football game. I was coaching a team that had been very successful. Uh, in fact, we hadn't lost a game in about a year and a half. We're playing in the league championship game and we get behind early. And all the things that we normally did that work were not working that day. And the kids' anxiety level slowly starts to rise and it gets higher and higher. And by the third and fourth quarter, they just are not performing. And in fact, they're starting to tap out. You know, they're asking to come out of the game. And, and I walked off the field, Jake, just really frustrated at the kids. And I was like, man, how, after experiencing so much success, how could they shut it down so quickly and not bounce back into a game that really we should have been competitive in? And so I was in that frame of mind for about two weeks. And then this thought came into my head that we talk about sometimes in the coaching world, which is everything that you see on the field as a coach, either you taught that or you allowed it to happen. And I realized, you know what? I had not prepared these kids to deal with adversity. Our coaching staff had not prepared them for what happens when something goes wrong in a game. And so I had 11 and 12 year old kids that were really experiencing for the first time being behind in a game and trying to figure out what that meant in real time. Why did I have any expectation they would do that well? And so I realized I had a major hole in my coaching in the next season. I decided, you know what, I need to teach them how to deal with that better, you know, because whether we won a fifth grade football game in the grand scheme of things, not that important. But if I could teach them how to be resilient, how to have mental toughness in the midst of things not going well, now that's something that's really important. And that's something that they can use the rest of their life. Yeah, I'm curious, just from your perspective or opinion, where you think a lack of resilience comes from? I feel like a, a lot of society, for the most part, doesn't handle change very well. Um, and we intentionally avoid challenging situations. Um, has that, obviously, I, I wonder if that's something that's been more commonplace, the, the more we go as humans to be more comfortable and the more we create to be more comfort, uh, comfortable and the less we, we do the things that are challenging. But I'm curious from your perspective, where has maybe a lack of resilience become a little more mainstream? So, Jake, I mean, I think you touched on it in your question. I mean, I, th I think there's a couple of things that that are happening in our society that all contribute to it. I don't think these are original in our generation, but I think they are enhanced. You know, so we do, you know, I do less tough things than my parents did. My kids do less tough things than I did. You know, we're further and further away from times of, of depression, from times of war, from times where a large stress was placed on our society. Now, put the last year to the side, right? Because now we've all kind of walked through a very unique time together, and I think learned some lessons of resilience through that. But a lot of us, you know, we just don't, we're just not engaged in the really hard and tedious work because it's been, you know, um, automated away, which is great. We can use our time in different ways. And then, of course, we grow up in this age of video games, 
where if something's not going well in a game, what do you do? You just you hit the reset button, right? So you're down by two runs and MLB the show and you decide, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm not going to try to climb back into this. I'm going to reset and start over. And then on top of that, you know, in this age of social media, we're looking at our friends' profiles on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever it is that you that you get your social media feed. And it's, for the most part, it's a highlight of the best parts of that person's day, the best part of their vacation, the things that they did that they're mo the most proud of. They don't put much about the obstacles and adversity that they're walking through in their life. And so we get this skewed notion of what life is like. And just like you said in your question, we tend then to shy away from hard things. And when hard things do happen to us, we're like, well, why me? I mean, why, why am I the only one dealing with difficulty when in reality, that's not the case at all. And so I think we've had a number of these factors that are impacting us that are making us making it harder as a society to be as resilient as perhaps we've seen historically. So uh, knowing that and knowing that the work always starts with the person we see in the mirror, if, if we want to create change, what are some habits and things that we can do on a daily basis, starting small to build that resilience muscle within our daily lives, especially if we have a pretty comfortable life, we, we go to work, or maybe we're still working from home, we, you know, spend time with the family, we're not really in some of those challenging situations. Um, how do we start to build that muscle a little bit? So when that adverse situation hits, we're a little uh, more capable to to conquer it or to work through it? Well, that's, that's the key question. I mean, so I think it starts with a decision that says, first of all, obstacles and adversity in my life are expected. I'm not going to shy away from them. I'm not going to be upset that they happened. And we develop a mindset that says, okay, instead of pitying ourselves or saying, why me when something bad happens, we look at it as an opportunity for growth. And then I think, you know, to the extent you feel comfortable, I think it's perfectly great to go out and find really hard things to do. If we're not learning every day, if we're not trying to get, you know, the, the prototypical 1% better every day then you know, we're leaving something on the table for ourselves. And so when we begin to look at adversity with that kind of mindset and we begin to intentionally find areas for growth in our life, then I think we start to see some magic begin to happen. I love that. Well, I, I want to switch gears a little bit uh, briefly because you wrote the book Second Win on decisions the resilient make to overcome adversity. I'm curious, before we dive into the book, what kind of inspired you to to write it more than anything and, and to share that message because a lot of people have ideas a lot of people go through situations like you talked about with coaching and, and never sit down to actually do the work to write the book so what was that motivating factor for you well there were three I would say pivots or key conversations one's a story I've already shared about you know walking through that youth game and in that off season I began to develop a lot of material about you know, how do you teach resilience? How do coaches teach it? How do they teach it in the military? Can you teach it? I mean, is it just inherent or can you improve it? And I, I decided you could improve it. And so I, I began to get a body of research that collected over several years. And I thought, you know, this is, this is valuable, not just in the coaching context, but in the context of where I was mentoring professionals, where I was talking to professional clients and, and just looking at my own life and the life of my kids that I was parenting, I could see these principles really make a difference in how we deal with, with adversity in our life. And then I had a second conversation with somebody that had written a book and he told me, you know, Clint, it doesn't matter if, if I ever sell a single copy of my book, the process 
that I went through in writing it and the personal growth that I went through in writing it was worth the journey. And so I kind of took that and I filed it away. And then a third was a conversation actually, Jake, that I had with a common friend, James Leith. And James and I were in community together and I was sharing that I had all this material and I was going actually to speak somewhere on it. And, and James said, you know what, you ought to write a book. And I said, okay, why not? And so, you know, the, 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 those three things kind of all working together eventually um, compelled me to make the leap to do that. So one of the things while writing the book, because I know in it, you share stories from your own journey, you share stories from others, similar to, to what I did with Compete Every Day. I'm curious what story stands out to you the most, uh, the one that when you were researching and working through it really just kind of hit home that, that you were like, man, I've got to include this person's story or this story in the book, because it's a perfect example of what I'm trying to share. And it's a marvelous question. It's kind of like picking your favorite kid. But I do have, I think I do have a story that to me is the most impactful. There was, um, and a number of the stories in the book are people, names that people were recognized. Some of the stories are people that you've never heard of before. And my favorite story falls into that camp. There was a friend of mine in college named Mark Jacobs, and he and his wife, Chelsea, you know, after graduating, starting their careers, beginning to have a family, on their fourth child, the child died in the womb a short amount of time before um, he was to be born, and they had already named him. His name was going to be Chase. And Jake, they walked through that grief process that you can imagine after losing a child that close to, to delivery. And at some point, you know, people were bringing him grief books, and they were giving him advice on how to deal with their grief. And in the midst of reading those, Mark read a story about the plight of children in in a, a, a poor country that had been war ravaged uh, and, and torn apart by genocide. And he read about the plight of children in orphanages because they were overrun and the poor conditions that they lived in. And he said, you know what? I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed that my heart broke so severely for the loss of my son, but all this time, there's all these other kids that are living in such terrible conditions. And I, that has never touched my heart at all. And he and his wife made a decision to take the pain of losing that child and funnel it into doing something good for this orphanage in Rwanda. And the notable part about that, Jake, and this is, this is the big takeaway, is in talking about that years later, and they made a huge difference in the life of hundreds of kids in an orphanage in Rwanda. And in talking about it later, Chelsea said, as I was walking through that grief, and we made the decision to invest our time and resources into this orphanage, my grief changed shape. And so think about that for a minute. I mean, all of us deal with these really tough emotions that come from obst obstacles and adversities in our life. And when we begin to, to or, or when we can, take that emotion and transform it into something that is positive, something that compels us forward, something even in the, like in the case of the Jacobs makes an incredible positive difference in the world around us. Man, that's powerful. My grief changed shape. And so I walked away from that going, man, that is a, that's a powerful recipe. And I wanted to include that story in the book. Love it. I love it. Clint, where can listeners that are interested in learning more about building resilience or, or some of these conversation points today, where can they find the book first off and where can they get connected with you? 
Well, thank you for asking. So the book is really available anywhere you buy books. It's an, it's an ebook form, paperback, hardback, audio book, you know, Amazon, Audible, any other place that you buy a book, you should be able to find it. And then we have a website to tell you more about the book and some of the principles behind it. I'd love for you to check it out. It's www.findsecondwind.com. And on there, Jake, is all the contact information for me. And I'd love to listen to anybody or, or hear your stories about reading it and how it might have impacted you. Well, and what I appreciate and really like about the the title of your book, especially is, is being that former athlete. Like we all know the idea of getting that second wind in the midst of a game when something's on the line, it doesn't matter, you know, how tired you are and beat up you are from the game. If it's, you know, fourth and goal from the half inch line, whether you're on offense or you're on defense, like you've got a second wind in that moment to try to make a play. And the same holds true to life. We can't give up when things get hard, when we're challenged, when we're knocked down. How do we have that resilience and, and really build that resilience to be able to use that second win to keep going? So I, I appreciate the title and, and a lot of the content, as we've talked about today, much needed in society. Uh, FindSecondWin.com for all of our listeners. Be sure to go check it out. Get connected with Clint. Clint, man, thanks for hanging out on the show today. Jake, man, I enjoyed getting to visit with you. I really appreciate the good that you do in the world. Keep up the great work, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To listen to past episodes, be sure to check out podcast.competeeveryday.com. And to get in touch with the show, email us at podcast at Everybody wants to win, but not everybody's willing to compete for that victory. Since you're one who will, show up today and win. We're cheering.